The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Luke chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse number 33. And they said unto him, this is the disciples talking to Jesus, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? Likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink. And he said unto them, Can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. We're going to continue through our series, Habits of Grace, as we talk about the grace of fasting. Now, I do want you to know that the irony of this topic on this particular day has not been lost on me. I'm going to spend the next 40 minutes talking about fasting, and then we're going to go all out and barbecue and gorge ourselves. So uh, the irony is not lost. However, I do believe that this is something that God can use in our lives to develop within us just a greater hunger for the things of God. As we've been saying, our theme for this particular series is these sacred practices are not about getting God to love you more. When we talk about reading our Bible or memorizing scripture, it's not so God will love us more. We don't do this to earn God's love, but rather we do these things so that we can stir within our own hearts affection for God. These things don't cause God to love us more. In actuality, when done with the spirit of faith, these things can actually help us to love God more, to enjoy the grace that he has made available to every believer. And so whether we're talking about the sacred ritual of Bible reading, or whether we're talking about prayer, or whether we are talking about fasting, these sacred disciplines, these rituals, as some people might refer to them, are really about stirring up our affection for the things of God. If I were to be transparent with you, We live in a day and age where there are a thousand things smaller than the love of God that motivates us to do religious things. But it's sad when you begin to pull away all of the kind of outward infrastructure in a Christian's life, all the, all the peer pressure and all the you know, things around that prop up people's Christianity. It's amazing when all you get, have left is Jesus. It's amazing to me how oftentimes it's not enough to keep people going in their Christian experience. And so what these disciplines are attempting to do is they are attempting to stir within our hearts a deeper love for God. God loves us. Praise the Lord for it. Man, God's, God enjoys us whether or not we do these spiritual disciplines or not. But these spiritual disciplines can desperately stir within us our ability to enjoy God. And so today we're going to talk about the habit of fasting, all right? As part of the introduction, let me just define fasting. If you're new to the church world, might have never heard this term before. And so fasting, uh, it is a uh, Greek Hebrew word, nestei. It just simply means to abstain from all or some kinds of food or drink, especially as a religious 
exercise, all right? Now, uh, I have an infographic here I'll show you. There are a lot of uh, physical benefits uh, to fasting. In fact, if you wanted to jump on Google and study all the benefits of what it increases in your physical body, all the things that get decreased in regards to blood pressure, it helps with heart disease and stress and all those different things, you can do a study on the physical benefits of fasting. However, I'm going to say this, that is not the purpose of the message this morning. We're not going to study the health benefits for most people in regards to fasting. What I'd like to do is spend some time looking at the scriptures, looking at many of the spiritual benefits and really a spiritual perspective of fasting. And so here is our theme this morning. Fasting from food can stir our hunger for God. And that's really the purpose of fasting. Fasting is not so God will like us more or love us more or enjoy us more. No, rather, we want to develop a habit of fasting in our life so that we really are stirred up in our own spirit to enjoy God more and to love Him more. And the spiritual discipline of fasting is one area in which our affections can be stirred for God through this uh, process. So this morning, we're going to look at the discipline of fasting that can stir up our love and affection for Jesus as it is done with a heart of faith, and that is key. It is so important that when we do this, we're not just going through the motions of it, but that we are doing it with a heart of faith, believing that God can stir up our love and affection for him through these exercises. So let's dive right into it. In Joel chapter number two, we will see the purpose of fasting. Let's look today at the purpose of fasting. Joel says, yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting. It goes on to say, notice this phrase, return to me with all your heart. You see, fasting is not so God will return to us. Fasting is not so God will come back to where we are. No, fasting is for the purpose that we would return to him. You see, fasting, when done with the spirit of faith and expectancy and confidence, can help draw our own hearts back closer to God. It can stir up our affections. It can remind us of how important God is to our very essence and to our very being. Let me throw this on the screen. If the emphasis of fasting is simply on abstinence from something, then fasting is simply some mere duty to perform. We do not believe in mere ritualism here at Ambassador. We're not encouraging you to do something just to be religious or to go through the motions of something. No, it's not just about a duty to perform. If this is the case, then only the most iron-willed among us will ever get over the social and self-pampering hurdles to actually put this discipline into practice. If it is just about abstinence, if if it's just about a duty to perform, then the only people who in this room who are going to fast are those of you who have a lot of willpower, who are highly motivated and very self-disciplined. And and I'm just going to say that that wouldn't be many of us. Let me keep reading here though. But if we are awakened to see fasting... For the joy it can bring. And I do believe that fasting can stir up the joy of the Lord within us. It can bring as a means to deeply experiencing God's grace. And and that's what these disciplines are about. They're about stirring within us our affection for God. Our enjoyment of God. And we believe that fasting, when done with a spirit of faith, can do that. It can also sharpen our Godward 
affections when done with the spirit of faith that we might find ourselves holding a powerful new tool for enriching our enjoyment of Jesus. How many of you want to enjoy Jesus more? I think we all would like to. How many of you would like to experience the grace that he's made available to you much more profoundly and much more deeply? Prayer can do this. Bible reading, memorization can do this. But another thing that can do it is regularly fasting in a spiritual sense. God uses fasting to stir up our affections for Christ. Now, real quickly, let me share with you some biblical figures that fasted. If you want to jot down the references, you can do a Bible study on this a little bit later. But let me move through it. In Deuteronomy chapter number 9, you'll find Moses fasted before receiving the commandments from the Lord. In 2 Samuel chapter number 12, you'll find where David, King David, fasted over his child's illness. In 1 Kings chapter number 19, you will find where Elijah fasted while being hunted by his enemies. In Ezra chapter number 10, you'll find where Ezra fasted for the repentance of Israel. He was fasting on behalf of a spiritual cause. In Esther chapter number 4, you will find where Esther fasted for the safety of the Jews. In Daniel chapter number 6, you'll find where Darius fasted for his friend Daniel. In Daniel chapter number 10, you'll find where Daniel fasted for an answer to prayer. In Matthew chapter number 4, we see Jesus fasting to prepare for temptation by Satan. In Acts chapter number 9, we see Paul fasted after his conversion. In uh, Acts chapter number 13, you'll find where church leaders in Antioch fasted before sending out missionaries to proclaim the gospel. And so there were a lot of reasons, a lot of purposes in which fasting takes place in the the Bible. Now, I'll say this. While there are a lot of situations in which people fasted, The primary purpose of fasting is to declare with our entire being, body, soul, and spirit, that I long to be satisfied in God alone. That's the motivation of fasting. To declare, not just with our lips. How many of you realize it's simple to just declare something with your mouth and with your words? See, fasting makes this declaration deeper. Fasting makes this pronouncement much more profound because it says, I long to be satisfied with God alone. And we say that with our entire being and essence. Fasting is giving up cravings of the body because you want to emphasize a deeper need of the spirit you want to emphasize to your own physiology to your own body to your own spirit and your own soul and you want to emphasize to yourself that there are things that i need that are even more important than my physical food and you want to declare that to yourself deeply and profoundly and fasting can do that you say how because you get hungry any of you get hungry when you skip a meal (laughs) Man, and man, that stirs within you. It can, be a, it can be a deep reminder to us, an emphasis to us about our deep need for the Spirit. So when we start to feel those hunger pains inside of us, we're literally declaring to our soul, we're saying, soul, as much as you're feeling hunger for food right now, 
Your spirit declares that you need the presence of God even more. That's what you're declaring. That I want, I want to experience God's grace and I want to enjoy his presence even more. I want to return to God in much more profound ways. Even more than I want food, I want God. I want his presence. And that's what fasting does. So often though, even we as Christians, we, feel, we fill our lives up with lesser things so that we no longer hunger for that which can truly satisfy. You say, what truly satisfies? An abiding, experiential relationship in the presence of God. That, my friend, is what ultimately satisfies the deepest cravings of the human soul. But we fill our lives up on a thousand things smaller than the presence of Jesus, and we wonder why we do not hunger for him. We wonder why we don't desire his presence. I'm going to tell you, because we feast on the things of this world. We fill our lives up, not with sinful things and with bad things. We fill our lives up with so many things that before we know it, we're just filled. We're full. And because we're full, we don't hunger God. And so fasting is a physiological reminder to us that I want to return to God. I want God more than I even want the thing that sustains life. I want to return to God. And so it stirs within us a hunger to return to the presence of God. What are you filling your life up with that's causing you to no longer hunger for the presence of God in your life? I'm not talking about sinful things right now. It might be sin. But even good things that simply take the place of God things. Fasting can be a, an incredible spiritual discipline that can reprioritize in our very physiology, in our very soul, in our very being, and say, it can say to self, self, there are priorities. And God is a bigger priority than even food itself. And it, it pushes that deep into your spirit and soul in ways that few other things can. So we see the purpose of fasting. Let's take a moment, though, and talk about the process of fasting. The process of fasting. If you're taking notes this morning, how do we do this? Matthew chapter number 6, verse 16 says this, And when you fast, Jesus is talking, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, and their fasting may be seen of others. Truly, I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint there your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. Notice this little phrase here that says this. It says this, when you fast. When you fast. You see that there? It doesn't say, if you fast. It doesn't say, if. It says when. You see, Jesus assumed that his disciples would fast. He assumed that you would fast. He assumed that you would have a desire to hunger more deeply for his presence than you do even for food. And so he says when you fast. You see, fasting is the physical exclamation point at the end of your words. It's one thing to talk about your love for God. It's one thing to say your declarations toward God. But fasting is the 
physical exclamation point at the end of your words to the Lord that declares, God, this is how much I want you. It's like, the, it's like a, it's a, it's a physical exclamation point when your words are done and when you've done, when you're done saying things with your lips, that it literally, it, it, there's an exclamation point at the end that you, that you symbolically express to God. So let me give you a process of practical how-tos when it comes to fasting. I, I've personally tried to practice fasting for years. Uh, before I made the decision to come to Ambassador, I fasted for several days as to seek the Lord as to whether or not this was something he would have me to do. I've fasted as short as meals at a time to as long as a week at a time for my, in my personal case. Some of you have different experiences when it comes along with those things. And, and how, how do we move through this process? I'm going to say, number one, uh, start small. Okay, we're just going to get real practical with the process of fasting here today. Start small. If you've never fasted from food before, you might not want to start with a 40-day fast like Jesus. <laughs> okay? It might not be a place to begin. Um, you, you might want to fast for one meal. Just start small. You might start maybe a day. I'll tell you what, in the experiences I've had with fasting, all of a sudden, you, honestly, day two is about the worst. If you can make it to day four, it actually gets easier for whatever that's worth. I think your, your stomach just says, all right, I quit, you know, and uh, just kind of goes from there. But I'll say this, it does get difficult, but when those hunger pains start to come, Allow those things to be a reminder to you of, hey, this is how much I desire God. Start small. Number two, plan what you'll do instead. Plan what you'll do instead. So if you normally have lunch at a particular time, maybe it's at work and and you you go to your car and eat lunch or, or possibly at home and you have dinner, plan what you'll do instead. Maybe you'll be in a situation uh, where instead of dinner, you go to your room, you open up the scriptures, you read some scriptures, you spend some time in prayer, you allow the the pain of that hunger to stir within you to a place where all of a sudden now you're saying, God, this this is a symbolic physiological reminder of how much my soul yearns for you and how much it longs for you and and plan in advance what you'll do instead. Can, can I say this? Without a purpose or plan, it's not Christian fasting. It's just being hungry. <laughs> okay? If you, don't have a, if you don't have a plan and if you don't have a strategy with what you're going to do, you're, you're, not, you're not fasting. You're, you're just being hungry, all right? That's, it's as simple as that. So you want to have a plan of what you'll do instead. Are you going to go to the scriptures? Are you going to go to prayer? Why are we doing this? Why? So we can have our affections for God stirred up, so we can desire, hunger Him more fully. Number three, consider how it'll affect others. This is, this is a difficult part when it just comes to the practicalities of how to fast. Consider how it'll affect others. We even see this in Matthew number six. Don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, disfiguring their faces, and all of a sudden it's all about how you can get kind of accolades from somebody else, and you want to make sure that you're, that you're very sensitive, all right? Don't, don't be the type of husband who all of a sudden you come home one day from work, and your wife has made a huge feast there in front of you, but you don't particularly like it, and in that moment declare that you are fasting. Be considerate to others. 
Let them know, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be able to join you for lunch like we normally do at this time. And, and just make sure that you're thinking of others. I, I'll say this. Some of you, some of us, when we don't eat, we get something called hangry. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Who gets hangry when they don't eat? You've got to kind of be aware of this. This is kind of one of the dark sides of fasting, just understanding that, that hangriness might come upon you, all right? You're trying to be spiritual and you get worse, you know? And so just be aware of how this might actually affect you physiologically. Number four, try different types of fasting. Try different types of fasting. You say, what do you mean by that? Normally when we think of fasting, we think of it as a private discipline. You know, it's something we do on our own, by ourselves. And yet I would encourage you with this. You might want to try at some seasons to, uh, maybe not as privately, but maybe for, at times you might want to fast, and the Bible even speaks of this, with your spouse. And you might take some times to, to uh, fast with your family. Uh, others of you might want to take some time with your connection group to take time for fasting on a, maybe not a private level, but more on a corporate level to take time fasting together. And so you can do different types of fasting. And let me say this lastly, try fasting from something other than food, number five. Try fasting from something other than food. Um, Especially if you have special health concerns, and there are people in here, and because of your health concerns, and some of you have different uh, health situations in your life, it would not be wise of you uh, to fast, all right? But I will say this, um, there is a place for fasting from something other than food. So some folks might try a fasting where they go on a juice fast, and so they do not take anything in of any solid um, consistency, and they do a juice fast. I I would say this on a practical level, if you're going to be fasting for long periods of time, don't go without water, all right? That would be unwise as well. We're just giving some practical thoughts here. But try fasting from something other than food. You say, what are you talking about? It might be that God would lead you to go on a TV fast. You know, just say, you know, hey, for the next week, I'm not going to watch any TV. That would, that would be that I'm giving up something that my flesh craves so I can remind my soul that I desire for the presence of God even more than entertainment, um, fasting from social media. Or a couple months ago, uh, Jenny and I did a fast from social media. And it's just, just allowing that, because we, we don't even realize how quickly this stuff just becomes a normal part of our life. And to take a moment to fast from these things. Fasting from things that are taking up levels of attention. It doesn't have to just be from sinful stuff. Just things that your flesh craves. All right, Um, there are folks I've heard of who have fasted from shopping for a season. Some of you ladies are, what? (laughs) Taking a month and saying, I'm I'm not going shopping for a month. I'm not going to spend above and beyond just kind of the basic necessities to take some time to fast from those things. Or, Or maybe a fast from the internet other than when you're at work or something like that. See, fasting, even biblically speaking, doesn't have to be centered around food. Now, obviously, in the scriptures, the, the majority of the time fasting is mentioned, it is mentioned in regards to food itself, but you can try fasting from things other than food. And the purpose is the exact same. The purpose is to say, God, I'm going to surrender this for a day. I'm going to surrender this for a week or a month. It's not just to do it, not just as a ritual, not just as a duty to perform, but you're doing it with a spirit of faith. You're doing it with a heart where you're having a, a plan and a strategy so that you can spend more time in the word, more time in prayer, 
with a heartbeat that says, God, I'm declaring to you, I desire you. My soul, my new nature wants you more than food. My new nature wants you more than television. My new nature, and I don't always feel that, but I'm I'm making a declaration in my soul. I'm doing this, Lord. I'm, I'm subjecting the flesh, so Lord, you know with the spirit of faith, I desire you not to impress my connection group, not to impress pastor. No, I'm doing this because I desire God, and I hunger for him. Fasting really can be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some special purpose. So we saw the purpose of fasting to communicate our desire to be satisfied in God alone. We saw even a process for fasting. Let's take a minute now. Let's look at the power of fasting. The power of fasting. Matthew 6 goes on to say, That your fasting may not be seen by others. Verse number 18. That thou may appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Matthew chapter number 6. Let me say this. The reward and power of fasting lies in downplaying our physical needs so we can more fully experience God's presence spiritually. Uh, Somebody once said it this way when it came to fasting. They said, fasting is a desperate measure for desperate times among those who know themselves to be desperate for God. There's, There's a power in it. Over and over and over again, you'll see how God uses fasting to change the inside, the heart, the spirit of the believer. God uses fasting to change us from the inside out, to realign our priorities, to realign what's important to our heart and to our soul, to say to our soul, God, there are just things that are more important than what I want. There are things more important than what I need. There are things more important than what my flesh yearns for. Because more than that, my new nature yearns for you. And fasting is a declaration of that spiritual reality. Fasting, I think they might throw this on the screen. Fasting is supposed to allow the hunger of physical desire to remind us to redirect our attention to Jesus. That's what fasting does. Because all of a sudden you fast from food, you feel those hunger pains, and that becomes just a, a psychological mechanism to remind you, hey, this is, this, is how lo- this is how my new nature desires the presence of God. It's to redirect your attention. You're to leverage it to redirect your attention toward the things of God and toward the presence of God, that your heart would grow in longing and enjoyment of Him. You see, as you fast from something, you lessen the grip that it has on your soul. Go for a week without television or without internet, and you'll find that over time, the grip that it has on your psychology begins to lessen. You leverage that time for the Word of God, for prayer, those things that will stir up your affections for God. And you will find that all of a sudden, God is able to capture a part of your heart because there's a, there's a margin for it in your soul. But when we're filling our lives up with all of these lesser things, 
oftentimes there's no margin in our minds, no margin in our schedule, no margin in our being for God to remind us of how great and how wonderful and how awesome he is. And this is how fasting gets used to be a conduit of grace into our lives. John 6.35 says this, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never first. Notice this that he says. He says, I am the bread. Here in this passage, Jesus is telling us, he says, I'm the bread of life. I am all that you need to experience full satisfaction. It is fasting that can help remind us of the incredible reality that Jesus is enough. Are you satisfied in Jesus? Is he enough for you? I love it where the scriptures remind us in Psalms 34 verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Here in this passage, we're, we're to remind to taste him. Experience him. See that the Lord, he is good. You can enjoy him. You can experience him. You can experience his presence. Why? Because God, he is good. Taste of him. Why? He's the bread of life. He's all that you need for full satisfaction. Here's my question. What is it in your life that you look to for satisfaction in your soul? For young people, it might be the video games. And there's nothing wrong intrinsically maybe with a video game. For somebody else, it might be football. Nothing intrinsically wrong with football itself. There might be sports or a hobby. It might be that the Spirit of God is calling you to, to, to give that up for a season. To go through kind of some of the, 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 the hard elements of kind of sacrificing that for a season. Why? So you can declare to your soul, I want the presence of God. I want to experience and enjoy Jesus more than I even want this stuff. To create margin in your soul to experience and enjoy the grace of God that has been freely made available to you. And, and here's, here's what this whole series is all about. This whole series is about getting some of us to enjoy God's grace more. Because there might be some people in this room right now and you've been saved for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years and your Christian experience is getting stale. We have people, well, you know, I'm just kind of, I think I'm done with the Christian thing. I don't know if, I don't really have time for church. God's grace is still available. Jesus is just as full of joy and peace and love as ever, but you are not appropriating it like you once did. You're not experiencing it as you once did. This is why the Apostle Paul says, I I speak these things that your joy might be full. Fasting is not just about giving something up. It's about replacing it with something better. But in the materialistic world we live in in 2016, this consumer worldview that we have, that it's all about us and all about feeding our desires and all about what we want, we're not a people who want to give something up so that we can make room in our soul for something better. 
And I'm asking you, what is it that the Spirit of God might be asking you to give up so that you have room, you have margin in your soul for that better thing? So that you remind yourself on a deep, deep soul level that there are things your soul craves for more than your flesh craves for food, your flesh craves for entertainment, your flesh craves craves for pleasure, and you say, I'm fasting from those things. Why? So I can make room in my heart and declare afresh and anew that there are things that my new nature wants even more. You say, why does my new nature want these things more? Why does my new nature want the presence of God even more? Because it is only in the presence, abiding relationship with Jesus that there is actual full satisfaction and fullness of joy and peace that passeth all understanding. That's where abundant life is found, my friend. That's why it's best for you. Because all of these lesser things are illusions. They're lies that tell you this will satisfy. The proverbial carrot dangling in front of the horse saying, hey, if you can just reach this level, if you can just get this accolade, if you can become this popular, if you can make this much money, then you'll be satisfied only to find that you, it never actually satisfies. And fasting is just literally an act of this rebellion against the flesh to say, I call you a liar. And truth is of God. And as much as my flesh tries to convince me that I want these lesser things, my new nature craves the presence of God even more. So I ask you, will you avail yourself to this potent means to experiencing God's grace and enjoying your relationship with him in a deeper way? Will you fast? We're going to go to prayer and reflection in a moment. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want me to fast from? For what duration? And let's put together a little strategy. And it might be one meal. It might be one day of television. But let's ask the Lord, Lord, is there an area that you want me to fast for a purpose and a reason of creating margin in my soul for the presence of God? Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.